Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready? Yeah. Well, Steve, great to talk to you here on the programme. Uh, I know how much you're looking forward to returning to Cork on Saturday week, November 20th, for your anniversary dinner. It's hard to believe it's over 25 years since you shook up the boxing world with your world title win over Chris Eubank in Mill Street, uh, March 18, 1995 to be exact. And, um, you know, obviously you followed that up in Parky Creeve as well. What do you think uh, it will be like for you returning after all these years to Mill Street and Parky Creeve where you enjoyed your greatest moments in the boxing ring? Well, it's it's thank the Cork uh, Cork City, the local politicians. I believe at the time was Bernard Allen was was the minister, and 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 Ab Smitty from B Mission, Noel C Duggan, and, and thanks to all of them that this fight happened because without the support and the willingness of Cork to put this fight on, I wouldn't have got the Eubank fight. So it's great to return, uh, you know, twenty five years later, and again to be remembered, and for me to get an opportunity again to thank. Cork City for giving me the opportunity I had to fight Chris Eubank and I'm still reaping the rewards today I mean 25 years it's frightening how, how, how yeah. fast and quick time goes Yeah, and just to remind our listeners because it was a, a long time ago 1995 Steve as we mentioned just remind our listeners how you got the opportunity to fight Chris Eubank in Mill Street for the WBO Super Middleweight title uh, how did it all come about? Well it was a fight I was looking for for many years I was never going to get because I think Eubank was weary of me, because I told him a long time before I fought him that I was, I was gunning for him and I would get him uh, one day in the ring. So he wasn't um, eager to give me a a, a voluntary defence. And the fight came about, unfortunately, for Ray Close, based Belfast, uh, super middleweight, who um, I thought beat Chris Eubank in the past, but a very close decision against him. Well, you know, had a rematch with Chris Eubank, but unfortunately he um, failed his medical. So... Uh, they knocked on my door and said, you know, uh, Ray Close has, has to pull out of this fight. We need to stand in. Are you available? And the story of my life, my boxing career, I was always available. Every title fight I got, I got a short notice or as a substitute. So I said, yes, I am available. And I, I jumped at the opportunity. And, and um, you know, at that time, we hadn't got a venue. Mm. Because the Belfast venue was cancelled. And, and, and um, I remember Barry Hearn said to me, well, we make the fight happen. We want it to happen in Ireland. You know, we can't think of any venues. And I said, what about Mill Street? And he said, Mill Street, where is that? And I said, well, Mill Street is where we <laughs> held the Eurovision Song Contest. I said, you know, there's a man called Nolte Duggan down there. I said, if he can't make it happen, uh, nothing will. 
So I believe in the office that day, they contacted Nancy Duggan the same day, and I came in the next day to see what was going on. They said, definitely, said, everything about the venue is perfect, it's great. But we had to switch off in those days, we had to switch off our fax machine. And I says, why? He says, well, when we contacted uh, Mr. Duggan, he continued to send us information and information and information about the venue, the CD, the whole, everything about Cork. He said, we had to switch off our fax machine because we just couldn't take any more paper from him. He said, he really did push it and... and um, his enthusiasm and, and, and his eagerness and his positive mindset is, 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 did definitely make it happen. So uh, I never forget Nancy Duggan for what he'd done. And, you know, it was just great. Everything about it was, it was such a drama. Everything about the fight, the fight happening, how it came about, the venue, everything about the fight was a drama. It was, if it was a movie, it would be unbelievable. It would be too corny yeah. to be true. But it, it, everything that happened was, you know, it's a fact that it was great. Funny you mentioned movie because I know there is a documentary on the way as well. Is there Steve One Night in Mill Street? Yeah, the documentary, which is, um, I think they've, they've done most of the uh, filming now and already, they're putting it together. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be called One Night in Mill Street because that One Night in Mill Street, you know, changed um, my boxing career. Mm. And I think it, it confirmed, um, you know, Irish boxing, you know, the people, you know, now sit up and take it serious because Ireland has had so much talent and great boxers over the years. And we never got the opportunity to uh, display it. And that night in Mill Street was a chance for us to display just how good and how, and how talented the Irish fighters are. And, and it was, yeah, so that one night in Mill Street, you know, has made such a difference in, in, in boxing in Ireland and, mm. you know, in boxing, Irish boxing throughout the world. Yeah, and I always think of you when I hear that song, Some Things Were Meant To Be, and, you know, that Eminem song, uh, If You Got One Chance, <laughs> yeah. would, would you take it? And you, you took it with both hands. And I mean, and just to remind uh, listeners as well, Steve, about that venue, Mill Street, it holds around 4,000, but I believe if you're talking to Cork people, even today, they say they were there the night Steve Collins beat Eubank. And, uh, you know, it, it's estimated there was 8,000 people there, and there's only one hotel within eight miles of Mill Street. It was, you know, it was... I, the heat, I remember coming to the ring mm. and the heat, I mean, the place was packed to the rafters and the heat, the, the heat from the actual people's body heat was amazing and it was it was just, it was like going through warm mist. It was just, everything about it was just magical. I mean, I've never experienced that before or since then and I get goosebumps just talking about it, just recalling, you know, entering that ring, you know, and I remember getting into the ring and just putting my arm, arms out and just absorbing that, the positive in the atmosphere from everybody, like I just absorbed the whole lot. And I just it was it was a magic moment for me. It was just an mm. amazing magic moment, and I don't think any venue could have you know you know people see all the great venues in Vegas and the big football stadiums and so on. You know Wembley and all that. Nothing would ever replace the, the atmosphere in Mill Street. The fact that it was packed out where it was, what the fight was all about, the drama involved in the fight, everything about it was just it was just it was. If it was a script for a movie, you know, it, mm. it would be corny. It wasn't, it was real. Absolutely good. You could actually bite the atmosphere that night. And um, you know, just to remind listeners again, Steve, of uh, the size and the magnitude of your victory. I mean, you were the underdog. Obviously, Eubank came into it unbeaten. He was a real showman. He was on this big deal with Sky. Just to remind listeners again of, uh, you know, the size of your achievement. And just tell us a bit about Eubank and what he was all about. Well, Eubank was... was the big name out there, he was the, he was the, the he was the golden goose. You know, when Chris Eubank fought, he generated money mm. because you know, love him or loathe him, nobody could ignore him. Mm. He, and he was producing the goods. He was, you know, he was taking on the big names. He was putting the drama in. He was showing up. He was a great character, and he was winning the fights. And he was, you know, he established Sky Boxing. He was the big name. He was Sky's golden goose. He was the promoters' golden goose, and they wanted to keep him winning. 
you know, every once in a while he had to fight a top fighter, but when he could, he'd take easy fights to keep the uh, the show on the road. Mm. And I think Sky, you know, he had done such a deal with him, it was a big money-making deal, both for him and for Sky, but I think Sky were, were, coming, were getting a bit of flack because he was picking his own opponents and they weren't always of the stand that they wanted. Mm. So I think Sky more or less said to him when, when the original fight had been pulled off, I think he said to him, if you don't get an opponent that's acceptable and real, um, the, you know, the show stops. And uh, Barry Hearn, I believe, approached him and said, well, I've got the perfect opponent for him. He's a world champion and and uh, he's, he's, he's middleweight champion of the world and he's, he's Irish. He can replace the Irish fighter so we can have to fight now. And Sky jumped all over because I, I was fighting on Sky TV and, and they knew me and they were very happy, and they knew it was a genuine match with Chris Eubank. Um, so uh, everything about it was was, was uh, positive, you know, for the crowd, for the TV, the whole lot. It was all positive um, this, uh, for me, to, you know, for them to make that fight with me and Eubank. You know, Eubank didn't want it. I know that for a fact. I, he was weary of me. It was easier fights out there for him, but I think Sky more or less said to him, "No, we are now telling you you can't pick your own opponents. Now you have to fight someone who was a real challenge." And uh, I was available. I got a phone call. I was in the gym, and uh, I got noticed to, uh, you know, enough. No, all I need, all I needed was two weeks' notice. For that fight, I got six weeks' notice, notice, which was plenty for me. And, and, mm. and um, I just jumped at the opportunity. Yeah, and you had uh, fought, of course, many times in America, which no doubt stood to you. And you know, you obviously went into that fight confident, even though a lot of boxing fans might mightn't give you much of a chance. But you went in there, and uh, you you had your own uh, strategy, obviously. And um, you know, did the fight go kind of how you thought it might go against him? Yeah, it did. Everything about the fight went exactly how I, I imagined it and planned it and saw it. And, and you know, the biggest the biggest concern I. I obviously had a concern for my opponent and everything else involved, but I also had a concern of what was out of my control. And what was out of my control was the um, the politics involved. Mm. He was the golden goose. He didn't want me to win. Yeah. So, you know, and I was managed and promoted by the same company as him. So they looked, they had, they had two fighters under their control. One was, you know, both were good enough to beat each other, but one was, a, you know, a well-established British fighter with a large population in Britain supporting him on British TV and British media. The other wasn't. So it made business sense for Eubank to win that fight. And, and, and it, you know, their attitude was, well, you know, Chris will win the fight. Steve will go back down to middleweight. They'll both be world champions. Happy days that the circus rolls on. That was the attitude of the whole lot. And, and they never, um, I wasn't going to get the support to win this fight. And I knew they did not want me to win this fight. And the stress I was going through, and that, that was out of my control was that. And it was mm. affecting me. It was affecting my concentration. It was affecting my preparation. So I needed to get my head right. And then I brought in the um, the mind doctor, sports psychologist and mind doctor and hypnotist, uh, uh, um, Tony Quinn, yeah. Tony Quinn, Tony Quinn to help me prepare for this fight. And then that added more drama to the show. And, and we brought in the mind games. And it just, yeah, everything about it was just was, was entertaining. Mm. When the bell went, the final bell, were you in no doubt you'd won it? The crowd certainly thought you'd won it. I, I knew in my heart and soul that I'd done enough to win the fight. But we, I've been there before, and, and we see it still to this day. It's, you know, you can win a fight but not get a decision mm. in boxing. Mm. I knew I won the fight. I just hoped that the judges were fair and gave me the decision that I deserved. And, I'm kind of, you know, in a way, I've, I felt they're going to have to because um, there's, up, there's probably 8,000 people here <laughs> screaming, Irish fans, and I don't know whose side they're on. And I thought if the judges are, you know, are brave enough, are, are, are stupid enough to give a a, a a wrong decision, they might have to, they might have their hands full. So I hope the crowd uh, encourage them to be more honest. And 
But I, I was confident. I was confident I won the fight. But you never know the decision until it's called out. Yeah, I was thinking what you were saying there that uh, that the judges and Eubank himself might have never got out of uh, Bill Street alive. But, <laughs> but, but the deal was the deal was Steve. Of course, if you won, that you would defend your title against Eubank six months later, and that's exactly what no, happened. No, was no, no, there was no deal. No deal. No, no deal. No. That's how confident they were mm. that they had it in the bag. There was no deal. There was no yeah. rematch. There was nothing. They just thought, you know. It's our control, it's our show, we own both fires, Eubank will win the fight, the circus will go on, Eubank will defend against someone else, Collins will go back down to the middleweight, and, you know, it'll take you to do it on. A lot of people don't realise I was going to retire before that fight, I could no longer make the middleweight weight anyway, it was been killing, it had been killing me for years making that weight, it weakened my body, um, I wasn't I wasn't getting a shot at the super middleweight title fight, and I was in the wilderness, so I was considering retiring before that fight came about, and once I got the opportunity to fight at the super middleweight, you know, it, it, my career was relaunched again, and the beating Eubank then was was obviously um, the big relaunch for me. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, they did, so no, no one expected me to win. When the won the fight, you know, Eubank whinged and bitched and cried and gave every excuse under the sun. Um, so I said to him, "Look, I said, it's not a problem." I said, uh, "You know, I, I'll give you. I, you know, I'll wait for you. I won't find anybody else. I'll give, I'll give you first rematch. I'll give you a chance mm. to get your title back if you really feel." that, you know, you had a better fighter, I'll give you a chance again. Um, so in the meantime, he took a couple of fights against typical opponents from South America, bashed them all up, got good paydays, and uh, then came back to me uh, for the rematch to try and, uh, uh, get his, you know, get his title back, which then took place again in Cork and in Parky Kiev. Mm, and that was um, a more convincing win for you and in front of a bigger crowd as well. It was a more convincing win. But I only got a split decision, which just you know goes to show that they wanted him to be uh, the winner because they obviously got the certain. They did get the certain judges, in my opinion. You know, I had one of the officials in my court case come up and tell a story about he was approached, how he was approached to uh, sway things against me, and uh, which is all on record. So you know, they they wanted him back in, in the driving seat. They wanted him back in the UK. They wanted him back on the on the UK circuit because he was a big draw in, in Britain, and, and Sky wanted him out there. So. You know, I did beat him more convincing in the second fight, but he only gave me a split decision. So, you know, it, it's that's, that's the corruption in, in there. I suppose mm. it's, it's the corruption, not just in boxing, it's the cor- corruption in any money-making um, sport. Yeah, you effectively ended Eubank's career, Steve, didn't you, really? Well, he, yeah, he had, he had a, you know, he, he, he had his own self-belief. He believed he was unbeatable. And I think when someone loses two fights back-to-back against the same opponent, mm. I think the reality hits home then that you're not uh, invincible. That you're not the best anymore. That you know you have to. It's reality, and I don't think he can handle reality. And I, I honestly think that in his, his mindset, you know, when he wasn't the same afterwards, he lost. I think he lost four fights in a row after that. I think he lost two as a cruiserweight. Then he lost it. Then he retired again. Then he came back again. He was retiring and coming back and trying and coming back. He wasn't. It was over for him. He should have. You know, once yeah. he hadn't got the the mindset, you know, and and, and the and, and the same drive after the fights with me, he should have stayed retired. But he didn't. He kept trying to come back. Kept trying to come back, and he wasn't the same fighter after that. I think. I think psychologically, I think he yeah, he never re- recuperated from them um, too lost. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. 
Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, I was going to ask you as well. I want to ask you. Sorry, Steve. Like, does it bother you that, um, you know, you might have seen um, a recent documentary, a recent Life Journeys television programme with Pierce Morgan when, uh, for some reason, he forgot that part of his life and his life journey. And in his book, he doesn't mention much about uh, your fight either. Does that bother you or is it just the way he is? Um, He just can't accept the fact. I mean, you know, he can't accept the fact that I beat him on the night and I was a better fighter on the night. Not a better fighter but on the night I beat him on the night I put on a better performance I planned my fights better than him I had a game plan that he had no answer to I was better prepared for the fight and that's all it is I've, I've, I've lost fights to fighters you know on the night they beat me they got the decision and I, I knew how they beat me I understood how they beat me and I said next time around I'll be prepared for them mm. and I'll have a different approach and I'll win the next fight you know that's how it goes you know I, I say to people, some of the best fighters in the world have never won world titles. And some of the guys who weren't the best fighters in the world have won world titles. There's, there's a lot of luck involved in the, in the sport of boxing. And it, it's, it's, you know, great fighters have not become world champions. I was coming to the end of my career. I had had my opportunities. You know, I was middleweight champion of the world, but it just wasn't happening for me. I wasn't getting the big names, the big fights. And I, was, I had enough. I was, I was honestly thinking of retiring. Then the Eubank fight came about. So if that Eubank fight hadn't come about, I would have retired. I wouldn't have achieved what I achieved. You know, there's lots of fighters are in the same position as of me in the past and will be in the future. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my reply to your yeah, yeah. question, just, really, you know. Yeah, I just want to remind listeners as well, Steve, again, about, you know, the time it happened in the mid-90s and it was, uh, the Mill Street one was around the day after Patrick's Day and all that. And it was a kind of a time when Cork sport was in the doldrums as well. People must remember, you know, Cork didn't have any All-Ireland hurling um, challengers or football challengers. The League of Ireland team weren't doing that well. The rugby side wasn't doing well. Uh, it was a kind of a, kind of a, 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 so it's a lack a couple of years for Cork sport. It was kind of down. And then this guy, Steve Collins, comes in and fights Eubank and lit the whole place up. Uh, is that how it kind of sounded to you? Did you get that kind of feel around the time? Well, I, I actually... When I came to Cork, and after you know the Eubank fights in Cork, I thought Cork was the best-known city probably in the world. We had Riverdance, we you know, entertainment, we had we had um, the Eubank World Title fights. And, you know, you, you mentioned Cork, you know, county-wise and national-wise, wasn't having great success, and all of a sudden it became a world city, international city, native, you know, city of Ireland. It became one of the best-known cities in the world through Riverdance and through the World Title because Eubank. So. I went from one extreme to the other. Yeah, they were going through, you know, in the, Cork wasn't the dozens at the time, but then all of a sudden they became the best known and most popular city 
Irish City for a decade through river dance and through uh, world title boxing. So it did go from one extreme to the other. And what a, what a great time to be in Cork. You know, people were just saying, you know, God, things aren't happening. And all of a sudden, everything was happening. It became the... Uh, I mean, I, I had three world title fights in Cork. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> so there's a reason for that. So, and the reason I had three world title fights in Cork is because Cork was the best city and it was all happening there. Mm, and they really got behind it. And I remember you saying, uh, Steve, at the Lord Mayor's office in City Hall, I was filming at the time. Well, I wasn't filming. I was doing the interviews with you, but uh, we had a camera crew there, obviously, in the uh, City Hall in Cork at the time. I remember um, the late uh, Tim Falvey, God rest him, uh, Pat Falvey's uh, father, Pat Falvey, the mountain climber, uh, of course. Um, I know he'll be there on the anniversary night as well on the night. And I remember uh, you coming um, in on an open-top bus around Cork City with the belt. And uh, I remember in your acceptance speech with the Lord Mayor, you said, with a name like Collins, how could I lose in Cork and uh, incidentally and coincidentally you have a brother called Michael of course Michael Collins Well yeah I have my brother is Michael Collins and Michael has spent you know you know, Michael's eldest son was born in Cork Michael's you know his is, is missus is from Cork and I think Michael is probably going to retire to Cork so and with a name like Michael Collins it's just probably natural yeah so with a name like Collins in Cork you always feel you have the edge no matter mm. what you know you always feel like it's home from home and, and um, it's a great city and, and yeah, I suppose. Yeah, the name like Collins, you kind of feel you have a, a slight advantage uh, when, when you show up in Cork. People accept you quicker. You know, they might think you're related to our great hero, Michael Collins. Um, I, I, of course, I tell them all I am. <laughs> yeah, and of course, after after the Eubank fights, it was uh, making plans for Nigel after that, and you went on to fight Nigel Ben twice as well and beat him twice in Manchester. Yes, well, you know, not after the might, you know. Successes in Cork, um, no one wanted to come there anymore. They just felt the last place you want to fight Steve Collins now is Cork because he's unbeatable in Cork. So I then had to uh, get in the road and travel again. Then, then we uh, we headed to Manchester to take on Nigel Ben. And once again, you know, uh, I was lucky again. I, I won the first fight and Nigel didn't really perform well. And, you know, there was all sorts of um, accusations and so on. So I just simplified and I said, look, I said, you know, you're a great world champion. You're a hero of mine. You know, you're a fighter. I've always wanted to fight. Um, so, look, I'm not going to mess around. I'm going to give you another shot. Every great fighter deserves another shot. We all have, you know, if you lose a fight and, and you hadn't performed to your best, you're entirely, I think you should be given another shot. So there's no, there's no doubt in my mind, you know, the big names are beat. I, I did beat them because if they, if they if they didn't feel you know they performed well, I gave them a second chance. Chris Eubank got a second chance. I don't think he would have given me a second chance if, mm. if he would have beat me. I don't think Roger Ben would have given me a second chance if he beat me. But I wanted to take it another level and, and rise above that and say, look, you're, you're that good, and you are a great uh, boxing. You have a great history. I'm going to give you a second chance so we both know who the real winner was. And so I gave them both a second chance. Yeah, and there was only one. Which more. is what Michael McCallum, what Michael McCallum gave me. Or it was Roy Jones never even gave you know Roy Jones the great Roy Jones uh, never even gave me a first chance. Yeah. So that's the difference. I, I everyone deserves a second shot, you know. Yeah, that's what I was just getting to actually, uh, Steve, because there was only one fight after the U, uh, after the Nigel Ben fight, and that was Roy Jones Jr. And you tried all you could to make it happen, and for some reason or other, uh, it, it just never happened in the end. No, I mean, I you know my career began in in the year of Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler, Roberto mm. Duran, Tommy Hearns. I was a contender. I was, you know, US champ. I was a world-ranked middleweight. And these guys were, were, were at the top of their game. I shared the gym at Marvis Marvin Hagler, the greatest middleweight in, in my lifetime. So mm. I was there with them. And I, was, I, I believed I was going to follow on after them, you know. And, and um, so, yeah, so it was, a great, it, was, it, was, it was just a great era to be around. 
and being based in America, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And you, you nearly made it happen actually more recently, didn't you? Even up to a few years well, back. You know, to... so, so you get back to what I was saying with the Roy, with the Roy Jones fight. You know, yeah. we came along. You know, our era was was myself. You know, Roy Jones, Nigel Ben, Chris Eubank. So uh, the big names out there, you know, were Nigel Ben and Chris Eubank, and I fought them and I beat them twice. Mm. And you know, I was I was I was getting close to thirty three. It comes at the end of your career at that age. You know, it's a young man's game. I've been around mm. professional best part of 12 years and it's time for me like you know why am I still here I've had a good payday with Chris Eubank had a good payday with Nigel Ben I'm, I'm happily and secure but the only thing that will keep me going the only drive I have the only ambition I have is that one big fight that's left for me the only reason I'll stay around is, is, is to fight uh, Ryan Jones who, who the Americans claim is the best and I said fine the Americans say he's the best the Europeans say I'm the best well let's just get it on it's a natural fight it can happen any side of the Atlantic. It's an actual fight. It should happen, you know. And I really didn't want it to happen. And my last two title defences, I was told after each one, you know, this is your last defence. Next fight is Roy Jones. And that happened twice. And then I realised, and it was, it was put to me, look, the Roy Jones fight's not going to happen. And I looked around and I thought, well, there's no more big names out there. There's a whole crop of up-and-coming young fighters. I don't even know who they are. There's no money to fight them. Mm. I've done one cent of any more. You know, I can't prove anything anymore because Jones won't give me the fight. I've been away from home a long time. I miss my kids. I miss my family. And I wanted to come home. So when I found out the right Jones fight wasn't going to happen, I just didn't have the incentive anymore. And I just called it a day. And, and when I did call it a day, it was an amazing relief I got. It was like, for the first time in my life, since eight years old, for the first time in my life now, I can stop this. My boxing career is over. Mm-hmm. I can now live a normal life. I don't have to worry about my diet my fitness, where I'm sleeping, where I'm training, this and that and so on. That's because that's what I've done nonstop for 25 years. I lived as a fighter. My first fight, I was eight, up until my last fight at 33 years old. All I did was eat, sleep and drink boxing. And when I retired, I just sat back and I said, I've achieved more than I ever set out to achieve. I've achieved more than I expected to achieve. I'm finishing at the top of the game. I got my health. I got everything. And um, it's time to get out. And when I made that decision, it was like a weight came off my shoulders. It was amazing. And a great feeling to have. Mm. And the very last one, Steve, you retired, of course, undefeated world champion, and that's rare in boxing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, happy days. <laughs> you know, I'm a lucky man. I'm a lucky man. You know, a lot of things went went wrong in my boxing career and in my life, but everything that happened, as it keeps, as I repeat to people, everything that happened in the past, boxing career and life has led me to where I am today. And today, I'm in a very, very, very happy place. My mind is happy and clear. I'm, mm. I'm so content. And I'm so I'm enjoying life so much. And I still have my drive. I still have my ambition. I'm still, you know, I still practically train every day. You know, I've got some. I'm doing an exhibition boxing match. I've done a hell of a in, in, in next month somewhere. You know, and I, you know, I'm still. My wife said to me the day I was just. I came back to train. I was a bit tired. She said, "Are you getting near 60? And I said, "What?" I said, "Oh my God, you're right. I'm getting <laughs> close to 60. I don't feel it. I'm mm. still out jogging. I'm still out training. I'm still in the bag work." Still doing my weight. I actually feel it. I feel great for my age. So I'm very happy. I'm very fit. So whatever I've done in the past to get me to where I am today, happy days. I have made no mistakes and I've been blessed. Well, it's been great talking to you here in uh, Cork's 96FM for this uh, Sunday on The Score, uh, Steve. Can't wait to see you in Cork uh, on Saturday week. It should be an emotionally charged night, shouldn't it? Well, Trevor, can I, thank you very much. Can I just say, Trevor, thank you very much to you for you know making this happen support. And it's big Thank you, you know, to Conal Thomas, who's mm. worked really hard, along with Michael O'Brien, 
you know, these two have worked really hard to make this happen. And then I'm going to hook up with some of my old um, pals who made this fight happen against Eubank back in 95. Alf Smitty from Beamish, Alf Smitty and Beamish Brewery, mm-hmm. you know, sponsoring it. It may not have happened. happened. And then at the time, I believe, I think he was a minister for sport then, was it Bernard Allen? Bernard Allen, yes. He was very... He was very positive and very supportive of, of, of this event as well. So all these people, and then Ralph Nolsey Duggan, Ralph those people and many, many more who supported me, this wouldn't have happened. And they're all around. They're all going to be there when I go over to Cork. Mm. And, and I can't wait to meet them and to shake their hand again and say, you know, lads, well done. And thank you very much. And, you know, you made dreams come true for me anyway. And, and yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, really, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And it's a great gathering for my family as well who, you no know, uncles have been there, and then plus the younger generation who come down and hear about it and will experience it. And then I'm gonna, you know, I, I've met some wonderful, great people in Cork. You know, I was, God, I wanted to move there at one stage, but it never happened. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm really, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm getting excited about it now. Yeah, you know, people are working really hard to make it happen. Yeah, me too, for Steve, for sure. And uh, it's an appropriate hotel as well. It's in the Kingsley, the King of Boxing by the Lee, Kingsley. How about that, Steve? Thank- Excellent, and I want to thank Lord Mayor uh, Colin, is it Colin Kelleher yeah, for, um, yeah. for inviting me down uh, to Cork and, and I look forward to meeting him and shaking his hand and thanking him. Once a champion, once a champion, always a champion. Steve Collins, thanks for joining us on Cork's 96FM. Thank um, you very much. Uh, beg me a rash. <laughs> See you Saturday week, Steve. Okay, thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.